Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Wolf. I am Damian Gibson, and this is our WCW Reconsideration Show. And joining me is the biggest thing to hit podcasting since the little old lady said, where's the beef? It's the enigma, Matthew. Hello, and I'm, I'm excited. I was, not, uh, I was not asked about the naming it Reconsidering, but given that we've been watching this and given that all that you've heard about WCW for probably the last 25 years is through the WWF lens of this was absolute trash. It was total garbage. Ted Turner just paid a bunch of money to get Kevin Nash. And then like it was, Mm. it it beat us, but it never should have. And now we're watching it. We're like, hey, it's actually like way better than what the WWF was doing in 1995, except for Bret Hart, obviously. As I said that, I realized I was a little bit wrong. But um, some stuff at W, like, yeah, I mean, but uh, I just... If I peeked behind the curtain, I was like, I need, I need another word for review, right? Because mm. review's so boring. And so I just got my old trusty thesaurus <laughs> and that was the first sort of word that popped out at me. But I think it, it is warranted because we are kind of reconsidering the show. We're reconsidering it as, as older guys. Like mm. we watched it when we were kids and now we're older and we do have this love for it. And it's kind of like, I think as excited as both of us are, I think there is this trepidation of like, what if it is bad though? Mm. Like, and it really has been, you know, it's been the history of WCW has been told through the eyes of the victors, right? Like mm. it's that, that, that old saying of like history's written by the, the victors or the victor or whatever. That's what's happened. There was a Monday night war, Vince won. And that's the story that you get. Even that Monday night war documentary, which I really enjoyed, it was heavily weighted mm. towards WWE. They, it's always told from the point of view of like WWE, this little family business, you know, <laughs> and big bad Ted Turner came along. It was a family put- family business that put every other wrestling promoter out of business. Uh, for, until- for 15 years beforehand, yeah, <laughs> like single-handedly, like that was the business model was to put everyone out everyone else out of business or <laughs> at least take all the resources that they had to make themselves more powerful. Mm. And then- when someone came along and did the same thing to them, oh, have they? They're still squealing about it. Hmm. 
and that's what I think. Years later, they're still going. They're still banging on about it. I think it'll be quite interesting to see as it goes on. Like I, I, you know, some of the things I remember are not good, but um, on the other hand, seeing things that are like, hey, this was really good. This this show was still on the air. For according to the WWF uh, version of things, essentially after 1997, it was garbage. So there's four years of rubbish, and I suspect that there's not four years of rubbish. But anyway, we no. should we should actually get into the uh, if if we if we could retitle it, it could be called WCW dot dot dot. It's not shit? Question mark. <laughs> well, I think reconsideration is probably a bit more of an adult uh, and YouTube slash Apple podcast friendly way of saying that. Uh, but that's essentially what we mean. Um, so we're up to episode two, uh, which was um, coming to us live. And uh, Eric is at pains to tell us 117 times throughout the episode that it is coming to us live uh, on September the 11th. Never forget, um, from the Knight Center, Miami, Florida. And our commentators are Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, and literally my new favorite person in wrestling, Steve Mongo McNuggets. <laughs> we uh, have the different feelings about Steve Mongo <laughs> McMichael. Uh, I, I, He's truly awful, but I, I kind of love him. He referred to Hulk Hogan versus Lex Luger as the match of the century. <laughs> <laughs> That's got the greatest match ever written all over it. Like if that if that was done now, it, it would that they'd run with it. It'd be the name of four pay per views. Um, yeah, so we. They basically kick off this episode returning to um, our favourite bit of last week outside of Pastamania. Um, no Pastamania this episode, unfortunately, um, although I did read a whole bunch of stuff about it during the week and, God, if, if it does come up again, I am loaded with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, had, uh, we went back to the most confusing promo from last week, which is basically setting up the whole episode. Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan, they're going to have a championship match this week. Um, and besides the fact that I still have no idea what was said watching this for a second time, <laughs> I wanted to see how many times Hulk Hogan uses the word brother in a two-minute segment, and I actually counted, and he uses it 11 times in two minutes. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. So he's using it once every 20 seconds. Exactly. A little bit more. It's, a, it's essentially the end of every sentence. Oh, halfway through, like it's, it's punctuation. It's every time every time he takes a breath in, he says, "Brother, brother." Um, it's like a mantra to him. It's like he can't. <laughs> it's his his safe word. Uh, but essentially, they were just letting us know why these two are having a championship match. But I'm not. Can you help me out? Like, is there? Why um, are they? Why do they not like each other? What's going on? Oh, it it doesn't matter. That it doesn't. There's, there's, there's actually no reason. They do uh, try and sort of tack on a little bit later that, like, you know, can we trust Lex Luger? Um, mm. But like, there's no reason not to trust him. It's well, they, fantastic. Yeah. So when they come back from that uh, replay of last week's most confusing promo in wrestling history, and that's saying something. Mm. Um, they mentioned that Vader, who was part of the four-man team, or the goodies oh. four-man team uh, at Fall Brawl, which is coming up this Sunday, um, has gone AWOL. And 
I wrote down like in my notes riff on this and then I thought maybe not because knowing wrestlers, it can be something really bad, you know, like he was in rehab or something like that. And I don't want to spend 10 minutes of a podcast going, well, what a loser's gone AWOL. Um, <laughs> and it was, you know, he was in a car accident or something. Well, that's um, the next the next two episodes because the next episode of, of our podcast will be full brawl. Uh, there is a lot of military puns going on because uh, there's a war games. Oh, and, I didn't uh, even think of that. I didn't even think of it as like a yeah. get it, get it. Oh right. Yeah. So something potentially personally catastrophic has happened to Vader, and they're like, he's gone. A Sergeant Vader's a wall. <laughs> oh my god. Um. We now we were sort of joking around about whether we would see uh, Sabu or not, and we do. Uh, Sabu comes flying out of the the old WCW uh, Monday Nitro. What would you call that? It's like a I don't know a square. Like it's <laughs> it's that's the 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 stage setup that they have for quite a mm. while, from what I can remember. But it's just sort of it's iconic, but it's. There's nothing really to it. It's just sort of lighting rigging, isn't it? It's it, it. It looks cool though. Like I quite like it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's awful. It's just it's like like very little effort's being put into it. But it's like oh yeah, like it just every even that. I'm like oh god, I remember watching like I'm, like it, because you see so many wrestlers come through that. <laughs> I don't know. It's not an arch. It's not a. I don't even. Let's know just call it the square. The square, um, even that brought back warm and bubbly memories of, <laughs> of watching Nitro. Uh, Sabu was up against Alex Wright, who will be a featured, well, not featured, but he'll be a consistent player for the God, next six years. Yeah, he's there right till the end, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always thought Alex Wright was a, because he sort of kicks off a little bit later when there's that sort of um, cruiserweight slash mid-card, I don't know, gamut of there's about 10 or 15 really good wrestlers all sort of mm. going, you know, in the mid-card with Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. And I always sort of associate him with that. But he's, mm. look like, from this match, I mean, it is kind of that cruiser where you can see that Eric Bischoff has got that opening match, like fast, exciting, paced mm. idea that, eventually becomes the cruiserweights. Um but yeah, this this match was good. I mean, but it only went for three and a bit minutes. Well it looked like Sab <laughs> first of all, Sabu wrestles like con- concussions don't exist. Yes. Um and I like I know it's uh nineteen ninety five, but they did know that smacking your head at things as hard as possible wasn't good. Um mm. And I'm pretty sure he's just straight up injured himself about a minute into the match or 30 seconds into the match. It did look like, like it, didn't it? Yeah. It, like it's not him selling. He just looks like he's hurt himself. Like there's a moment where he throws himself into the guardrail, like looks like he's broken. Everyone's standing up around him except for one quite obese man who's just who's who's directly in front of him so they can't frame him out and everyone's going crazy and this man's looking down at him and like just speaking an unbroken series of words and by god what i would give to know what that man was saying (laughs) Um, i noticed when sabu came out he kept pointing at the rafters do we know what that is is that a usual 
I have no yeah, that's a usual ECW reference. Like I've, I've never watched any ECW, so I think it's a bit of like a chic thing. Like I think it's a I could be wrong about that because he sort of plays off that, you know, being related to the chic. Yeah, uh, yeah, he he's always done that. Um, okay, and and like I was watching it, and I'm like, in a vacuum in 1995, if you were to watch this, you just like this guy against Hulk Hogan, if you're going to do these, like, sort of, you know, very 1995 evil foreign heel things, hmm. uh, like, this guy's money. He looks like he's covered in scars. Yeah. He wrestles like a lunatic. He's, like, obviously not particularly concerned about his own well-being. No, and, like, no, that no. could have been an amazing program, except for the fact that outside of the ring, he was a maniac who was not concerned about his own well-being. Right, <laughs> like so it wasn't just a, a clever gimmick. Yeah, like that. Like that. They there could have been serious money in in Sabu, and like it's almost surprising that they ne- that he never sort of was in a top program, even briefly, in either WCW or WWF. Yeah, considering when you sort of look back and think of the amount, you know, the amount of sort of lo- lunatics that have been top guys. You know, like yeah. uh, the Ultimate Warrior springs immediately to mind. Um, yeah, that's that is strange. That I don't know. For some wrestlers, mm. they can't be bothered, and others, they you know. Yeah, yeah that is strange. Um, so, who gets the win? Then goes and gets Alex Wright, puts him on a table, and uh, does a move called uh, an Arabian press, which is essentially like a sort of diving press off the top rope, but he. He lawn darts into Alex Wright. It's not the usual sort of arc, you know, like when someone will jump off the top rope and sort of try and get some air to cushion the blow a little bit. He, like, dives directly at Alex Wright, like in a downward trajectory motion towards, like, he re- it really looks like it would hurt really, really bad, that, that mm. spot. I mean, Sabu, whose real name is Terry, is 55 <laughs> years old right now and like it's amazing that he is alive and able to walk uh at at 55 given the way he treated his body well the thing that i found really interesting about this as well is that the 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 deceit like the match is then reversed like even though the match is over sabu is, (laughs) is disqualified from a match that's already happened and the win is awarded to alex wright I, I've never seen this happen before, but also no. it makes me think that like there is a WCW rule book, and this is what WCW is criticised for. Like they're they're just like, hey, strictly by the rules, uh, you can't you know attack your opponent after the match. The decision's reversed; it counts as a loss for you. I like it. It's kind of cool. Like it's like you know. I think it's kind of cool. I'm, I I sort of wondered if like you know that was the same thing in boxing. Like you couldn't just you know belt your opponent after you know the match no, you but I, you would lose points yeah yeah which is i thought pretty cool yeah Unique, i really liked yeah. it i just was like i haven't seen this before but yeah really like was like cool and then it also adds an element of danger for the heels you know like they have to they have to work around those rules you know like yeah i, I really like that a lot uh after this we had uh and we're going to get Dude, we are going to we're going to talk about this particular uh, dynamic 
so much. We've got an interview in the ring. Mean Gene calls out uh, Ric Flair. I was about to call him Eric Flair for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Another one of his disappointing sons. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, Rick comes to the, the ring and the first half of this promo is about Arn Anderson, who he will be taking on at Fall Brawl and a match that I'm very much looking forward to to covering. Where he runs Arn Anderson down, and given all that everyone listening to this knows about Ric Flair, which is there's probably two things that you know about Ric Flair. One, that he's probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. The second is that you're lucky you were never married to or sired by Ric Flair as he runs Arn Anderson down for, like, calling his wife and children. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you should be at the bar with me, but you're calling your wife to check in <laughs> on your on your young child. What a loser. What a horrible, <laughs> what a horrible person Arn Anderson is. Checking it's a forty family. It's a forty-five-year-old man being like Yeah, that's the other thing as well. It's not like they're two twenty-two-year-olds. They're like sixty, you know. <laughs> it's like Rick is still like come just come and hang out, dude. What what is wrong with you? Like, man, we're in Miami, you know? <laughs> and Arn Anderson, who I believe has always looked about 47 years old. Yeah, he looked like that when he was 12. Mm. Like, and he looks sure. like it now, to be fair. he He's not aged back or forwards. He's just born 47. I have heard him is- joke about how this is the best he's ever looked. You know, he looks exactly <laughs> the same as he always has, but this is the best that he's ever looked. Um, then... This and I was hoping that you could explain this to me because I, I don't know what what is going on. Lex Luger comes out to ruin another promo for the second second week in a row and just confuse me. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme of any time Lex Luger comes out, I don't know what's going on. Lex Luger I... comes out, Ric Flair all of a sudden stops talking about Arn Edson. <laughs> Talks about like basically just drools over Lex Luger and then says that Lex Luger is there because of Hulk Hogan, and then the rest of the promo is about Hulk Hogan. So I have one note on this promo, <laughs> and it is why did Lex Luger wander out in his underwear during a Ric Flair promo? I don't know. The the it promo makes- takes like there is a severe hand. The handbrake goes on severely. Like it just does a complete u-turn and it's all about the hulkster and i know that they're trying to weave in the story you know like it's to build Mm. up you know it's like well rick go out and build up your match but also you know we'll send like you know i was saying in the last episode there is a feeling that this was made up on the spot and this is exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) like this feels like that someone at gorilla was like uh, we've got five minutes. Rick, get out there, talk about Arn Anderson, and, and Lex, you come out as well, and we'll talk about tonight's match. Go. And they've, <laughs> and they've got nothing to work with whatsoever. It it definitely seems at the very least Ric Flair didn't know that Lex Luger was coming out. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And then there's this thing with Ric Flair, especially this Nitro period of Ric Flair, where for someone who's meant to be the style and profile and, you know, that guy, he comes across like he's got an acquired brain injury at times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because he's just screaming all the time, it's sort of hard to, you know, like, it, I don't get like, oh, this is a suave, cool, sophisticated, rich guy. I get 
oh, this guy is insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we well, we were hoping that we wouldn't see much of uh, Wall Street. And not only do we get a match with Wall Street, but he's renamed himself and he's now VK Wall Street. And uh, for anyone who is an AEW watcher, you might be getting some pangs of familiarity because this is an inside Vince McMahon joke. Vincent Kennedy Wall Street is what he was named after. Um, And I am just as interested in this as I am in AEW's version. (laughs) Well, as he comes out, there wasn't really much to, to talk about when it comes to this match, but... Um, he enters first. I, I just I have a few notes about this, but he enters to actual silence. Yeah, he doesn't have any music or anything like that. So uh, poor R- IRS is getting buried here. Mm. Um, and uh, it's VK Wall Street. You've got to make an appointment to see him, says Bobby Bobby the Brain. Uh, <laughs> and then Eric Bischoff goes, "Who is this guy? Like, you know, what, what is he?" And then the, Bobby the Brain Heenan says the prophetic words of, "You better be careful. He'll buy this program and throw you off it." And I'll, <laughs> wow, talk about uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> it was well, events, and this actually is a historic match because during it we get the first Bischoff, Bischoff spoiler for Raw. Yes. Well, that was my big note of like, and I still, I like even watching it now and there's no stakes to it, I still can't believe he's doing it. You know, when I hear him doing it, I'm like, oh, man, that is, that's ballsy. Like that is, mm. talk about, you know, make, letting the opposition know that you're there. Like unbelievable. It's three weeks old. What is he, like, did you write down what he said at all? It's like, don't I didn't write down what he said. But it was, yeah, don't bother turn, turning over. Yeah, they taped it three weeks ago and it's like some kid versus a guy who looks like he just walked out of a YMCA or something along those lines uh, is the main event. Uh, so who do you reckon he was talking about? I wonder who the main event was. We we uh, could have uh, checked that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it, we're not here but it, about WWE. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was really... Uh, we just had an we just had a Ric Flair promo about you know what arguably could be conceived as one of the most personal matchups. Flair Anderson, you know they've been traveling for fifteen years. They're finally going to wrestle. It's all blown up. Mm. Uh, then we've got a then we've got Sting, who's your big mid card face versus this new guy that at least you're trying to sort of build. Um, as the the Ric Flair promo talked about Hulk Hogan. The commentators spend the whole match talking about Hulk Hogan, and it is it, it is it is literally like the Simpsons thing. Like when Hulk Hogan isn't on screen, people should be asking, "Where's Hulk where's Hogan?" Hulk Hogan? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I, well, the only other thing that I that I noticed while this was going on is that uh, for some reason, and I assume this is the early beginnings of having celebrity celebrities in the audience because Eric Bischoff mentions there's a couple of Miami Dolphins in the audience and uh, Mongo says yeah Ray White is here like who I assume is some famous footballer from the time and then uh, Bobby the Brain says is his brother is his brother Barry like Barry White and Mongo (laughs) says does it matter like just completely (laughs) there's no yes and at all just completely shuts him down no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no improv skills whatsoever. 
And Bobby the Brain, like defeated, says, no, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It was my favorite moment of the whole episode. (laughs) Because I feel like you could, like, it's another Simpsons meme of like, there's the exact moment where his heart broke. Uh, you know, where he his heart breaks. That's the exact moment where Bobby the Brain goes to Eric afterwards and says, we cannot keep Mongo on commentary. <laughs> yep. Uh, Sting won- wins this with the Stinger splash. Um, and, yeah, all is right with the world. Um, next up, we had the match that we were both looking forward to seeing. Uh, 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 hold on, hold on. Next up, we have a uh, promo for WCW Saturday Night that has, first of all, <laughs> the debut of Disco Inferno. Mm, I did which is that. But also has a match, uh, Big Bubba versus Dave Sullivan and the Rabbit. Yeah. And it's da- this guy called Dave Sullivan who's holding a rabbit. And I was like, what, what the fuck is this? And so I looked it up anyway. Dave Sullivan looks a lot like Kevin Sullivan. They're unrelated. Dave Sullivan played the dyslexic brother of Kevin Sullivan, who regularly, like, his his dyslexia uh, manifests itself by him pronouncing his name Dave as Evad. Oh, my God. (laughs) And there was actually, this was not a throwaway match. This was a feud. Big Bubba hated Dave Sullivan's pet rabbit because he was dyslexic, so that meant he obviously had, like, quite serious brain injury and he walks around with his pet rabbit. Oh. But Big Bubba's allergic to rabbits. And Dave would and, and Big Bubba would wrestle wearing a, a face mask. Oh, and my God. Big, and Dave would win the matches by pulling his face mask down, which would send Big Bubba into fits. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. I did notice that and was like, oh, I don't know. Is that anything? I'm glad you looked into it because I'm, <laughs> we, God, we've got to start doing a Saturday night show just so we can talk about these matches. That's amazing. You can, uh, you can, you can uh, give me the responsibility of sort of, you know, jobbers of the week. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Because I, I, I read, uh, I spent so much time reading about Dave Sullivan. Anyway, he, he retired. Um, he's now a, he's a football coach. Oh, that's great! I really, yeah, it genuinely makes me happy when a wrestler is just doing a normal job, like, and is fine. You know, yeah. like seriously, because there's so many bad stories. Like, good, good, awesome football coach <laughs> alive, not on drugs and not an alcoholic. That's rad. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes. So next up, we had uh, Scott Norton versus Macho Man Randy Savage, and uh, the main thing that was sort of being got across here was one: we're going to have a Scott Norton versus Mongo feud. That's exciting. <laughs> uh, and two, uh, Scott Norton essentially does a bane to Batman, to Macho Man's Batman, and breaks Macho Man's back. And and casually mentioned before he does this is Scott Norton is a man who's crippled a lot of people in Japan, which I don't think it's just a really strange thing to say, but it's also such lazy storytelling. Yeah. I mean it is, but like it, just like, like hey, he did it in Japan. But it does like I mean it is, but it also I mean, there is some colour like that just wouldn't happen like I don't know. I mean, yes, it is. It's extremely lazy, but at least it's something. It gives you like, well, it is storytelling. Of, you know, it gives you some storytelling. 
Um, so this ends with the Dungeon of Doom. Now, I couldn't quite tell whether like Macho Man won first or the dungeon got out there and that's how Macho won. But essentially... So he won because, because, of, because of the interference. Yeah, right. Um, and then... By pinfall. Yeah. And so the this was Dungeon of Doom's... Uh, <laughs> they they get involved a lot this evening. Um, so they come out, Macho gets the win. Um, yeah. I, then- I think we need to, first of all, wrestling Macho Man Randy Savage is incredible because, like, I don't remember Scott Norton at all, but Macho makes him look great. Yeah. But then he wins because John Tenter falls on Scott Norton. <laughs> And Scott That's Norton right. can't get up. So, like, there's two people holding down Scott Norton as Macho Man pins him. And as I was watching that, I was like, this would be fine if 15 minutes ago you didn't just disqualify Sabu for something he did outside of the match. Now well, you're okay. like, oh, look, we can we can have an obese man collapse on you. And like just that's that's within the rules. It's not it's not specifically put into the rule book. No, that true. you can't have this. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was an incredible flouting of the rules that they'd set themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, Macho Man got the win, and and Dungeon of Doom got inside. You know, Macho Man's head. I think there's meant yes. to be this whole, which doesn't get put across that well. Um, there is a sort of closing promo that really shoves it down your throat. But there's, I think there's meant to be this idea of like the f- the main good guys are confused. They don't know who to trust. They don't know who, you know, like I think that's meant to be the main sort of takeaway from, from all the, you know, sort of buttons on this episode. But I didn't really quite get that until the very end, <laughs> end of the episode. Um, they definitely told you at the end. Well, yeah, you didn't have a choice but to know, you know, it's like, oh, have we been too subtle? Let's let's go. <laughs> so we had the the world title match between Hulk and, and Lex, and there isn't really a huge amount to say about their actual match, as you could imagine. I I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not saying like I was bad. not expecting it. I was I was like when he referred to it as the greatest match of the century, I was like, that's a joke, but it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, my, my note is I actually kind of enjoyed this match It was fine You forget that Hulk Hogan's actually not as comically bad As you sort of think that he is Yeah No, I mean It's just of its time, right? I mean, and yeah. the other thing as well Is that these guys are huge They're not like They're not your Adam Cole They're not a five Five foot ten flippy guy like they're gonna just bash into each other and and that's cool like there's (laughs) there's there's nothing wrong with that um so i think that uh something notable that comes up is that bischoff says uh that they're just sitting around ragging the wwf and he goes the wwf world champion is a guy who never made it past mid-card status here in wcw that man is kevin nash (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it might, is. Might, he ends up being relatively important in the success of WCW. Yeah, it's pretty. There's a lot. I mean, I'm really enjoying the calling out 
of this kind of stuff, you know, like uh, that they they talk about WWF, like they just say the name WWF. Like there seems to be this sort of gentleman's agreement of what's going on now where no one mentions the other one's name or, you know, like. Mm. Um, but these guys are just flat out like WWF. Lex Luger was in WWF nine days ago. Like Kevin Nash is shit. Um, don't watch Raw. <laughs> like it's it it's pretty brazen. But when you kind of think about like I mean we we're joking about it sort of. But when you think about what has happened, to, like a lot of these guys would have been in territories where WWF would have come along and ruined that territory. So there probably is quite a bit of bad blood towards. Mm, Vince. That's a good point. I didn't even think that. You know, and that these guys are essentially sort of see themselves as the last bastion of territory wrestling because there's all the history of NWA and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm. So I think it was like it was deeply personal for a lot of, maybe not for Hulk and Macho Man, but for a lot of other people on the roster, definitely. Mm, absolutely. Um, so we had the Dungeon of Doom run in again. In this match again, yes, yeah. and uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan immediately dispatches them. Um, if the, if if the Dungeon of Doom don't win at a full brawl, this is insane booking because it is literally just they are constantly dispatched by Hulk Hogan. Yeah, almost single handedly, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why like the the next part of this where they they all sort of Macho Man, uh, Sting, Hulk Hogan all argue about who should take the spot uh, of Vader. Like, it's why bother? Just have Hulk Hogan do it. (laughs) You can can defeat them. But I was also like, I I timed this. I went back. So there's three minutes and 20 seconds where everyone uh, talks, like Sting, Macho, Lex all talk about Lex Luger taking, uh, taking Vader's spot. Yeah. And then Hulk Hogan grabs the mic and goes, let me put this together. Are you saying we should let Lex Luger take Vader's Vader's spot in War Games? After after three minutes and 20 seconds. He hadn't had his Hulkaroos that day. So he was a little slow. Um, What I enjoyed about, I mean, I loved all of this promo. Mm. It's like... This is this is the kind of stuff that I want to see in wrestling. Just guys yelling, talking over the top of each other, all kind of saying the same thing, but in slightly different ways for minutes on end. But what I <laughs> what I did enjoy is that Sting like Sting and Luger have history previously from when Luger was in WCW and they'd been tag team partners and stuff like that. Mm. But the if you if you had just started watching from Nitro like we have, there's no mention of that at all. And so Sting just out of nowhere, like, because Hulk and Macho Man are like, we hate Lex Luger, we don't trust Lex Luger, and Sting's like, I think he should be on our team. (laughs) I just was like, what? And then they get turned around so quickly. I mean, Macho Man puts up a little bit of resistance, but after, like, two minutes, Hulk's like, all right. I mean, he kind of, like, says, well, you know, like, if you betray my trust... Uh, on on Sunday, there'll be trouble. The uh, this is a running theme of WCW: Sting trusting people who eventually 
betray him. I know it's a running theme of wrestling, but yeah. like Sting is very unique in trusting, consistently trusting the wrong person. Yeah, but I think that's why his later character development works so well, right? Because mm. he's just he's screwed over so often. He's like, "Hey, man, like the little stingers want to see Lex Luger on the team. Let's do it for them, huh?" Um, and yeah, he's just constantly disappointed by all these other assholes on the roster. Um, so this is essentially it's all setting up to the main event at Fall Brawl '95, which is a War Games uh, stipulation uh, between the Dungeon of Doom and. Well, the four guys that we just spoke about, Lex Luger's now on the team, Sting, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan. And the win if they if the the goodies win, Hulk Hogan gets five minutes with Kevin Sullivan or the Taskmaster to himself. It's it's very uh it's very sort of five minutes in the closet. Uh <laughs> <I> know, <right>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, if I get if I win, you have to come and have a milkshake with me. That's that's what he means, right? Yeah, I believe so. Or, or you know, <laughs> at the very least, a milkshake. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. Yeah, I'm actually really, I'm really excited to do. I'm, I'm actually genuinely excited to do Fall Brawl. Um, yeah, well, we can probably wrap that up there, man. Um, I genuinely really enjoy uh, watching these. And doing doing the episode, I'm having I'm having a little bit of difficulty with my laptop at the moment. So if you hear me sort of stopping and starting a little bit, that's that's what that is. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, we can leave that there. Um, people listening to this already, which is great. Um, if you're liking it, tell people about it. If you're an old WCW fan, pass it on to other people who you think might like it. Um, you can find us on the socials. We're WrestleWolf Pod on everything. Uh, you can write to us at WrestleWolfPodcast at Gmail, um, rate and review us. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with the next episode, which will be Fall Brawl 95. Awesome. <laughs> See you, man. I don't, we, we need it. We really do need a, a, a sign out, hey? We do need something. We'll find, we'll find something along the way that we can steal from one of these guys. Yep. Like, um, look after your allergies or something, you know? It's <laughs> maybe something to take from, from this week. Well, on the subject of allergies, the uh, Steve Mongo McMichael's dog is dressed up in a sombrero. This, uh, so this is clearly a thing that's going to happen. Yeah, Mongo Dog Watch. He's yeah, you know, he's like a Oof. Mexican dog or something. Yeah, it's exceptionally strange. <laughs> But we love it, and uh, we'll be back with See even you next more week. Of it for uh, Fall Brawl 95. See ya.